I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Ian Hanamancing. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today it's our AMA about measles and kids' vaccinations. New data show there were more than 40,000 measles cases across Europe in 2023, a 40-fold increase from just one year before. That's the warning from medical experts who say Canadians can expect to see outbreaks of measles after an explosion of cases in Europe. Measles is probably the most infectious human virus that is known. Over the course of the pandemic, we've had a historic backsliding in the immunization rates around the world. A memo from Dr. Kieran Moore, Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health, is urging public health units to be prepared for more cases. And Canada's chief public health doctor is calling on Canadians to make sure they're vaccinated against measles as we see more cases globally. The advice follows similar statements from provincial health authorities in Ontario and Manitoba warning of potential outbreaks. According to the WHO, more than 42,000 measles cases were reported across Europe last year. As of today, there are six confirmed cases in Canada. That includes a Toronto infant who is hospitalized. Now, most of these cases involve unvaccinated or under-vaccinated children who travelled abroad. And that's the focus of this week's Ask Me Anything. Our AMA guest is Dr. Jacqueline Wong, a paediatric infectious disease doctor at McMaster University. And she answered questions about measles and kids' vaccinations. Here are some highlights from the show. Dr. Wong, thanks for joining us again. Hi, Ian. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So we talked for a moment about um, measles, the concerning part of measles. and, and And I guess... There are kids who get measles who end up who end up hospitalized, right? Yes, absolutely. And um, and then before we uh, go to calls, tell me about the measles vaccination for kids. Uh, when should they get it? Um, what are the side effects? You know the sort of you know the the questions you must answer all the time from parents about the vaccination. Yeah, happy to. So measles um, is included um, as one of the routine vaccinations that children get in Canada. Here in Canada, the vaccination they receive is called the MMR vaccine. So it includes measles, mumps, and rubella. The first dose is given shortly after the first birthday or 12 months of age. Um, And then the second dose, the timing of it can sometimes vary from province to province. Um, I'm uh, speaking to you from Toronto, from Ontario. So here, our second dose is given um, just before starting grade school. So anywhere between age four and age six, children will get their second dose. Um, sometimes people will get their second dose again as MMR, or sometimes it's MMRV because it's combined. Those three um, uh, viruses is combined with uh, varicella or chickenpox as well. Mm-hmm. And um, side effects. 
Yeah, so generally very well tolerated. Um, if children develop any sort of redness or soreness, it's usually just at the site of the injection. Um, the one interesting thing about this vaccine is when it does come with a fever, the fever is usually a week later. So oftentimes for the other routine vaccines that uh, let's say babies get in the first month of uh, first year of life, excuse me, Mm -hmm. most of the time the doctors will remind parents that, you know, your child might be a little fussy, might have a low grade fever in the first day or two. But with the MMR vaccine, sometimes that fever comes a week later. So it's just a Slightly different reminder to give to families, but mm. well tolerated. I'm going to go to calls in just a moment, but uh, Dr. Wong, one more question for you, and that is about the efficacy of these vaccinations. Uh, after that first shot, when the baby is a year old and a booster later on, um, how successful are these shots in preventing a child from getting measles? Yeah, this vaccine works really well. And that's partially why we were able to eradicate it here and in a lot of other countries when vaccine uptake rates are very good. So after the first um, dose of the vaccine, probably around 92, 93% of people will develop protective antibodies. And then after the second dose, that rate goes up to 97%. So basically almost everyone who did not respond the first time will respond the second time. Um, And that was part of the reason for moving from a single dose uh, vaccine series to a two dose vaccine series. So that 97% for uh, the um, antibodies that are generated after the second shot, does that mean that uh, basically only 3% of people at that point uh, are susceptible to getting measles even if they're exposed to it? It might even be less than that because, you know, we're measuring someone's body's ability to mount or produce um, uh, antibodies to it, Mm -hmm. um, there's always a possibility that someone might produce a lower level that isn't detected on an assay, but when they encounter the infection, they're able to mount that response. Mm -hmm. Um, And and part of that is it's um, uh, a live vaccine or a weakened vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, And once you have two doses, it should be able to provide you lifelong immunity as well. All right. Well, speaking of lifelong immunity, uh, I know you're a pediatric infectious disease specialist, but we're going to get some questions as well from people who uh, don't go to see a pediatrician. And uh, Barbara Glick is our first caller. She's here in Vancouver. Hi, Barbara. Hi. What's your question for Dr. Wong? Okay, so we're both 80 years old. Um, this uh, Next week, we're going to uh, Italy and Greece for a month. Um, we do not remember ever having had uh, a vaccination. So one is, do we need to worry about a vaccination because we're 80? Two, if we do want a vaccination here in Vancouver, is it free? Great questions. Um, I think on the last thing, Dr. Wong probably doesn't know the answer to that. I happened to have called a pharmacy yesterday, Barbara, and asked them about the measles vaccine. And they said, yeah, just show up, drop in, bring your BC health card. So that sounded like probably free to me. But uh, um, so I don't know for sure. But listen, on the first set of questions, uh, let me put those to Dr. Wong. I know, again, Dr. Wong, you're a pediatric specialist. But what can you say to Barbara? 81 years old, about to go to Italy and Spain, doesn't remember if she ever had the shot. Should she have it? Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for your question. And that's a very common scenario that we hear. So 
even though I'm on the uh, pediatric um, end of the, the life spectrum. Um, yeah, because measles was far more common, um, we'll say several decades ago, before the 1970s, my math's probably off, maybe 50 years ago. Um, at any rate, measles was more common back then because we didn't have the routine vaccination program around. So most people were not vaccinated as children um, who were born before 1970. Um, and the assumption is they would have um, immunity because they probably acquired it as a child. Um, with the current um, uh, increase and resurgence of this infection in many parts of the world, including Europe, a lot of people will recommend getting a, a, a dose. It might be your second dose. Maybe you don't remember as a child, but an additional dose if you're an adult. And so going to speak to your pharmacist, it sounds like Ian has done some research about easy <laughs> ways right. to access this vaccine yeah. um, or your primary care provider just to verify um, from a from your individual health perspective that there aren't any reasons not to, but the vast majority of otherwise healthy 80-year-old people are fine to go ahead and get this vaccine. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer vital health questions that will help you thrive, like what does my mental health have to do with my gut? How can I prevent melanoma? How much sleep do I really need? And how can I manage my health without a family doctor. I chat with the top experts to bring you the latest evidence in plain language, all in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Prophecy Sun is also here in Vancouver. Hi, Prophecy. Oh, hi. Thanks so much for having my call. Yeah, thanks for calling in. What's your question for Dr. Wong? I'm really curious. I know you were mentioning, uh, Dr. Wong, earlier about the efficacy of the vaccinations. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old almost, a 16-month-old. I have an eight- and a 10-year-old. The eight and the 10 have been, they've both had their second dose. And earlier you were mentioning um, that the efficacy is lower for the first shot. So I'm just wondering, at this point, since there have been outbreaks, what are the chances of, of something happening here in Vancouver? Um, and do you have any advice on uh, ways to mitigate and, and educate uh, family and friends? Great questions, Prophecy. Thank you for your question. Um, so the first question is around um, what is the likelihood of seeing more outbreaks in Vancouver or other parts of Canada because the vaccine um, hasn't, you know, might not have its optimal effect if it's only been one dose um, or there mm -hmm. might be people that might not be eligible to get the vaccine. So I think that the answer to that really depends on where you reside and kind of the the vaccine um, uptake rate in your community. So what we generally say is if 95% of the people in the community have had their full vaccination series, so the two doses, um, mm -hmm. then that is enough to prevent an outbreak, meaning prevent spread from person to person to person. Um, so anything lower than that, um, then the risk is there. Uh, and that's why even in a setting like ours, where this is a routinely available vaccine that is free of charge, we're, we're raising the alarm bells. Um, and I guess that leads me into the second question in terms of what can people do? Um, I mean, we're in the middle of winter. And so we're always saying, you know, try to avoid 
crowded spaces in the winter time. Try to avoid being around other people who are sick, you know, cough, runny nose, fever. I think that advice would hold true in this setting as well. You're just trying to decrease the chance that you've um, been exposed. Um, but uh, there are times when you don't know if someone else might be incubating the infection um, or because measles is so easy to spread. Um, in, in the room that you're in, you might not know that someone's you know, feeling unwell. And so educating yourself and, and your friends and family about what to look out for if they do have measles. You know, we're, we're talking about a high fever. We're talking about red eyes, runny nose coughing, and there's this characteristic whole body red rash um, that it comes with. If you Google it, there's, you know, a handful of images that come up every single time you search it. It's this blotchy red rash. Um, and the kids are usually miserable. So I think, you know, reminding ourselves what it looks like um, can help for sure. Um, and then lastly, if you happen to be traveling somewhere where there's been a resurgence of this infection or it was never eradicated, if your child um, hasn't had both of their doses yet, it's worth asking your doctor if they might be eligible to get that second dose sooner. So, you know, we we spread out the interval to kind of increase the response to the second dose and also make sure kids are well boosted before they start grade school. Um, but if you're traveling to um, a country or an area of the world where there's an outbreak, then you actually might want that second dose sooner. Um, and so long as it's been, you know, a month since your first dose, you're okay to sometimes get that second dose. And so in 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 a setting where someone might have um, the travel plans or there might be other vulnerable family members in the household and you're trying to get everyone's vaccines up to speed, up to date, that might be a scenario where you might want to talk to your doctor about getting that second dose a bit earlier, just as another thing you can do to try to protect yourself and your family. Yeah, fantastic advice and very well explained in Prophecy. Thank you very much for your call. Let's go to Luann Haynes, who is in Kitchener, Ontario. Hi, Luann. Hi, hi, Ian. How are you? I'm doing really well. What's your question for Dr. Wong? Um, Dr. Wong, I have a four-month-old granddaughter. Her three-year-old brother has been vaccinated. For, um, and I'm just worried about how to best protect her um, from measles. I had measles in 1964, and it was no joke. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just wondered, you made some suggestions with the previous caller. Is there anything you would add to that for a child who's not going to be eligible for the vaccine for another several months. Thanks, Luann. Great question, Luann. Um, fortunately, at that young age, um, most babies will still have the antibodies they received from their mom when mommy was pregnant um, to, to cover them for the first six months of life um, under the assumption that mommy was you know, vaccinated for measles, of course. If a child, let's say between six months and before they normally would get their first dose, if let's say they were going to travel or if an outbreak is declared in your community, that would be um, a scenario where a baby might be eligible for their first dose sooner. The only caveat I would say to that is it doesn't count towards your regular two-dose series. So the baby would still need a dose when they turn a year old, but this is extra protection you can offer them between six months and I guess, 11 months and 29 days. 
This is exactly why we have an expert here, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Wong, and that is fantastic advice and things that uh, had not occurred to me about uh, protection for somebody who's uh, at risk under the age of one. We're running out of time, but I think I can definitely go to one call, uh, maybe two. Uh, Lena Shamoon is uh, also in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. Hi, Lena. Hi, Ian. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. What's your question for Dr. Wong? So my question is, uh, my son is two years old. Um, he's fully vaccinated and up to date with his vaccines. Uh, it's it's a it's a two two set of questions. One is, um, what happens uh, in a situation where there are other children in his care, uh, daycare, or school? Future uh, situations where they're not vaccinated, um, is the is the harm to my child? Is the harm to the other kid who is not vaccinated? Um, and then, and how do you? you know, how do you sort of control that stigma or how do you even go about asking whether kids are vaccinated or not? Basically, is it harmful for the people that aren't vaccinated or is it harmful for my child who's vaccinated who could potentially have a friend who's got, you know, something that they're not vaccinated against? When you're asking, is it harmful, uh, Lena, you mean, uh, are they susceptible to getting measles? Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so uh, Dr. Wong, um, maybe if you can give us some brief but accurate answers to these things, I'll break them down. So first of all, for Lena's child, who I assume has just had the one shot, right, Lena, at, at his age? Um, so let's assume that, that it just has the one shot. How protected is he in that class if measles is brought into that classroom, Dr. Wong? Yeah, statistically speaking, I would. Oh, and thanks for the questions, Lena. Um, I would say, statistically speaking, he's probably pretty well protected. Like he would fall in the ninety-three percent, ninety-two, ninety-three percent of people that would have mounted a response um, to that first dose of the vaccine. So I would say there's a very good chance that he would be protected and not develop any symptoms himself. And then if for the kids who are in that classroom who are unvaccinated, um, of course, if, if they don't come into contact with measles, that's fine. But if somebody, Dr. Wong, comes into that classroom or even the school uh, with measles, um, how likely is it that unvaccinated kids will get measles? Okay, that's also a really important question. So, um uh, the the medical term for this is like the secondary attack rate. It sounds very aggressive, but um, if someone has an infection and let's say they are in a room with 10 other people who have no immunity to measles, nine out of 10 of those people um, are likely to develop measles. That's wow. how infectious uh, this infection is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess the last thing that I would ask you, Dr. Wong, related to this is um, how... So not only how, how many people get it, but also how it, it hangs in the air, right? Like like the, the measles just seems incredibly infectious also in terms of walking into a room where somebody who was infected was there for what, like an hour before? Yeah, it's actually up to two hours, Ian. So measles is one of those infections that is truly airborne. Um, and that refers to the size of the respiratory particles mm-hmm. that can that uh, are transmitted from someone who's infected to someone who's not. So these secretions from your nose, from your throat, when you're talking, coughing, etc. Because it's airborne spread, these respiratory particles are so small that they can stay, stay suspended in the air. Um, and that's where this two-hour window comes from. So if we if if someone comes in and we know that um, 
they're worried about having measles, they've been in contact with someone or something like that, um, and they come into a waiting room or, you know, that's not great. Actually, we would usher them straight into a, a private room. Um, and then once they've left that private room, we cannot use it for two hours while the air, the, you know, air circulates through that room and gets removed through the hospital ventilation system. Dr. Wong, it's been fantastic having you on the program. And if I may, I think the bottom line here is measles is a serious illness. The vaccinations have a very high impact in terms of protecting people from it. Um, and they need to get those vaccinations if at all possible. Is that, did I sum that up properly, <laughs> Dr. Wong? Absolutely. Absolutely. It only takes a short flight. You know, I think we forget, right? Yep. It's a short flight. Um, and sometimes infections um, that we haven't seen for decades are back on our doorstep. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Wong, a staff physician and assistant professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at McMaster University. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA about measles and kids' vaccinations with Dr. Jacqueline Wong an infectious disease specialist at McMaster University. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can stream the podcast on the CBC Listen app. If you'd like to share comments or appear on a future show, go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Ian Hanamancy. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio, CBC News Network, and CBC News Explore next Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.